Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette, and today's episode is going to be a part two from last week's episode, reasons why you keep eating past fullness and what to do about it. So if you have not yet listened to last week's episode, please go back and listen to that one first, and then go ahead and continue to tune into this episode with me and Omar. Well, moving right along. So number five on this list of reasons why you keep eating past fullness is you're not sleeping enough. Now, this is a big one. Yeah. And this is you if you are just consistently sleeping like less than six hours per night. And I don't mean like on occasion, like sometimes you're sleeping a lot more, sometimes you're sleeping a lot less, but if you're consistently not sleeping enough, then this is absolutely the reason that you are overeating and you're eating past the state of fullness because if you are, you know, waking up tired, you're going about your day tired, that right there is affecting your hunger and fullness hormones. So ghrelin and leptin, your hunger and fullness hormones are extremely sensitive to your sleep and your body's recovery. Now, if you are not sleeping enough, you're going to find yourself craving sweets more, just craving more indulgent foods more because your body is seeking out that external form of energy, that quick energy from the sugar. And as you eat those things, now you're sending yourself into even more of a blood sugar roller coaster, which you're going to be more prone to if you haven't slept well. That's also just inherently in and of itself going to cause a little bit more steeps and crashes in your blood sugar. And so that really does end up typically putting people into this state of finding themselves overeating at some of their meals. So if this is you, again, this is another situation where it's not a let's fix the problem of overeating. It's let's fix what is causing the overeating. Let's fix the sleep itself. The root cause. Exactly. So this is going to look different really for everybody, but you need to really ask yourself honestly, why is it that you're not sleeping enough? You probably deep down know, even if you're not recognizing it, and there might be things that you're blaming that are outside of your control. Some of them might be valid. Some of them might be truly just placing blame externally. But ask yourself now, within your control, what can you do to increase your shut eye at night? If you are staying up late, scrolling social media or watching TV, then it might just be as simple as like having a cutoff for screen time at night, like treating yourself like a child. Or even simpler than that, at least buying some blue light blocking glasses and limiting your blue light exposure at night. But for other people, it might just be that, you know, maybe they are going to bed on time at night, but they're just lying in bed, like unable to go to sleep and their mind is spinning. Maybe for somebody like that, we need to look at our bedtime routines and see how we can lower stress during the day. We can have a 
routine at night to help really lower that stress and really bring our anxiety down. Maybe it's journaling, maybe it's meditation, something to put yourself into more of that relaxed state and set yourself up for better sleep. Yeah. What I find so fascinating with this stuff is it truly is like a domino effect. Like if you think about it, you know, from the perspective, like kind of what I was saying, like if I leave a ton of calories for the end of the night, right. And I eat a thousand calories right before we go to bed. Well, I'm probably not going to have the best sleep because one, I'm super stuffed and my digestion is probably going to be off. And then not only does that affect my sleep in that night, but it also sets me in a bad position for the next morning to where the next morning I'm probably going to wake up feeling a little groggy and probably not going to be in the best state to where I can be like, all right, let's have a big breakfast today because, you know, I, I'm, I'm hungry or, you know, let's start the day off right. I'm going to more probably geared towards, like you said, having a, a, a coffee or having something very small. But then that sets me back for that next day and it's so on and so forth. And that's how people get stuck in this vicious cycle of not knowing what to do. And it's like, well, and then, and then they start to blame themselves. And it's like, I just can't do this. This is too hard. Or, you know, I just don't have the motivation. I just don't have the willpower. It's like, well, it's not you. It's how you're going about things that's making things not sustainable or preventing you from seeing the progress that you want, right? Yep. You really hit the nail on the head I feel like there. I'm starting to learn with this podcast now, babe. <laughs> wow. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I know. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. Because again, it's probably multiple things that are contributing to the cycle of eating past the state of fullness. And so if you are doing things that, you know, maybe it's one of the other things I already mentioned that resonate with you and that's causing you to overeat at nighttime. And now because you're overeating at nighttime, it's affecting your sleep because like Omar mentioned, it does. If you go to bed really stuffed or just if you eat a big meal too close to bedtime, it does. It raises your metabolic rate, which, you know, people want to be like, woo, good. It's awesome. I love it. But it's not that simple. So we don't want to go to sleep with this elevated metabolic rate because what that does is it raises your body temperature and to shift into a really good deep sleep, you actually need a drop in your body temperature. Oh, I didn't so know now, that. Yeah. So if you're, if you're going to bed and you are just like firing up your metabolism and you're raising that temperature in your body to heat your body is producing heat in order to burn those calories in order to burn the food to break it down to go through that process of digestion then that's actually going to affect your ability to get into that really deep sleep that's very restorative for you so it is all linked um but now moving right along so number six number six on our list of eight things so we're almost there you guys <laughs> number six is you're not eating enough whole foods And this one, honestly, for some people, they might be like, oh, well, yeah, duh, like simple. But let's really talk about why here. If you're somebody who, if you look at your diet, you take an honest assessment of yourself and you recognize that you're eating a lot of processed foods, you're not eating a lot of vegetables, not a lot of lean meats or just like lean protein sources. Um, If you're consuming a lot of these rich, sugary, sweet, processed foods, those foods, especially the ones that are processed, come in a package and come from a certain brand, they are likely produced to promote overeating because guess what? That gets you to buy more of the stuff and they want that. The food industry wants you to stay stuck in that cycle. So they engineer things to make it so that you can't almost, almost feel like you can't control yourself as you're eating it. Like there are literally, um, I remember hearing once when I was, um, I think listening to a podcast around like food science and how these foods are engineered and they literally have like flavors that they call where one of them, I can't remember exactly the terminology for it, but it's it's a flavor, but it's literally describes the just the ability for you to like get addicted to it. Yeah. To just get that 
like you feel like you can't stop eating it. And so they are producing foods and putting more of that flavor in to get you to not be able to stop eating it. And again, I want to be very clear that we do promote a very food freedom approach and we do not believe that any foods need to be excluded from your diet, that you can eat anything in moderation and for it to be healthy and for you to still reach your goals. But if you're not supplementing those foods with enough of our whole foods, our natural, unprocessed, nutrient-rich foods, then you're going to find yourself on that blood sugar roller coaster. You're going to find yourself constantly craving those and constantly overeating those. And so I mean, it's very, very simple of what to do from here. We just need to add in more protein and more fiber. So if you are going to have one of those processed foods, always pair it with a protein source and or a fiber source. I love that. And I, that's exactly kind of what I was going to say is next time you feel like going for the cookies or the chips or you know muffins or whatever you have around, like stop just for half a second and be like, okay, why is it that I'm going for these foods as opposed to the bananas or the apples or the berries or, you know, chicken that's in my, in my fridge. And half the time, cause I do this all the time is, you know, either I'm probably just bored and I just want to keep eating just to eat. Or like you said, it's very like palatable foods, meaning it's going to taste really good. So I want that. And, and what I found sometimes I'm like, you know, Maybe I'm just going to have a banana. And after I have the banana, if I'm still hungry, then I'll look for what else, um, like more whole foods I can eat. But I'm going to avoid the chips and the cookies or the cereal or whatever just to see if I'm truly hungry or if it's just out of boredom or if it's because, like you said, like my, my body's just craving sweets or sugar or whatever that might look like. And I found that to really be a good telltale sign for me to be like, okay, I'm not really hungry. I'm probably just bored. Or like you said, I'm having this like craving for sugar kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where it's like, if you're going to have these things, you know, especially with currently in this time of year that we're recording this, this is the holiday season. You're probably having more of these types of treats within your diet. You have leftovers from Thanksgiving. You have Christmas treats at work. Like there's always these opportunities to eat these things. Like you can eat them, but to prevent yourself from overeating, have it with a protein source. Like that would be my number one recommendation because let's say now you're having your Christmas cookies, but you're having it with a protein shake. You're going to find yourself feeling more in control, feeling less inclined to overeat. Yeah. And I know we have mentioned like, you know, the holiday season and stuff like that. We have another um, podcast episode on it all. I can't remember the, the, you probably don't remember, but yeah, I mean, if you scroll back to this time last year, mm -hmm. we did a podcast episode on like how to survive the holidays. the holidays and stuff, right? Yeah. So moving right along, number seven is you have an irregular and unpredictable eating schedule. So this is you if potentially maybe the other things I've mentioned don't even really resonate too hard with you, but you're still like, I'm still overeating. I don't really know why. It's likely because of this, because you just don't have any kind of routines in place. You don't have any predictable routines when it comes to eating. You don't eat the same meals at certain times. You eat very differently from day to day. You might some days just have snacks, other days have big meals. Like that kind of back and forth unpredictability and just irregularity, that is absolutely going to cause you to overeat and just overconsume at certain times. And it really does boil back again to getting stuck in that cycle. If you, if you are under eating some days, then when you do go to eat a bigger meal, your body's gonna be like, shoot, I need that calories. I need the nutrition here. And you're gonna find yourself feeling like out of control with food. And I was gonna ask because Vanessa, I like putting you on the spot, but like, what do you say to those people that are like, you know, Vanessa, you don't understand. I'm just really busy because I work in a hospital or I have kids and I just don't have time to sit down. Like, how can somebody like that go about it? Or is it, I guess, is it 
really independent to each and every single person or is there, I don't know, any tips or guidance you could give somebody there? Well, I don't have time. It's definitely a limiting belief <laughs> yeah. because at the end of the day, you know, we work with clients who work crazy shifting night mm-hmm. shift schedules. We work with clients who are single moms with multiple kids. We work with all kinds of different people and they still make the time. You're going to make the time for the things that are priority to you. You know, people, when it's like the Taylor Swift tickets came out and people were like, I'm sitting here for six hours trying to get these tickets. And it's like, but <laughs> yet Taylor you don't have time Swift. to pay attention to what it is that you're eating. Like you make time for the things that are priority to you. Yeah. So I completely understand that there are different demands on different people's lives. And that's why working with a one-on-one coach can be so important to help you work through those things. There's no like blatant, like there isn't blanket advice I can give to everybody. It's going to apply to everybody's life, but there is a way for every single person to create the time to do things by simplifying, by understanding things more. And by really also understanding our motivators, because if you're just having trouble doing something, it's likely a feeling around what the thing is that's actually holding you back. That's such a good point. At the end of the day, it's like, we need to figure out our why, like the motivator, what it is, why are we doing the things that we're doing? And then kind of things will start to unravel from there. Yeah. So if this is you, if you find that you are just having very inconsistent, unpredictable eating schedules, then really start by just tracking your food for awareness seeing what it is you're eating on a day-to-day basis, and then look where you can start to create some consistent patterns. Maybe you start with just breakfast of just, I'm just going to create something really consistent here where every single day I'm going to eat the same or a similar breakfast and I'm going to eat it at the same time. So I'm going to let my body get used to that. I'm going to help set my circadian rhythm so my body knows when to expect that meal. And then you can just build on from there. So this brings us to our last point for why you keep eating past fullness. And that is number eight, your habits and routines or events from your childhood have affected your current relationship with food. And I saved this one for last because this is one that can get a little bit deep at times. But the reality is it's really, you know, this is almost everybody has been affected by this in one way or another. Whether it's you know, you maybe developed habits of a kid as like, you have to clean your plates or otherwise, you know, you can't get up for dinner. Or it's like, if you're going to have dessert, you have to finish your whole meal first. Or, you know, if you don't eat your food, then somebody else is going to eat it. Like there's gonna be a lot of different things that cause us to create this habit of not listening to our hunger and satiety and just eating past the point of fullness. And while I do believe that, you know, most of, I can't speak for everybody, but I think everybody's parents really did do the best they could with what they had when it came to teaching you to have a healthy relationship with food. But that is something that I think from our generation, a lot of us grew up with some unhealthy eating behaviors from what we were taught as children. And now it causes us to overeat. But I think at the end of the day, you know, now that we're older and we're adults ourselves, you know, just because that's what we were taught as kids doesn't mean it's what we have to do for the rest of our lives or teach our potential children, right? It's it's more, like you said, really sitting back, understanding why you're doing the things that you're doing. And instead of doing things by default, you have a reason to why you're doing it and you start to redesign your habits and your routines and stuff like that to be able to help you navigate through some of this stuff. Because yeah. it happens to me. 100%. And so, you know, for this one, as far as like giving advice and what to do about it, if this is you... It really does, like this could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself as well, but recognizing your patterns is step number one. So getting very, very clear on 
you know, what your patterns and behaviors are with food and just understanding what your behaviors are. And we don't have to like necessarily place blame and be like, oh, dang it. It's because my parents taught me to do this. Like that's not really going to help you. It, for some people, it might help you have a little bit of clarity, but it's not necessarily going to help you moving forward. So rather than focusing on the past, really focus on the present and what you can do now to start rebuilding some healthier eating behaviors, healthier habits around food. And honestly, again, this one is it's really individual because it depends on what the behaviors are that you picked up from your childhood. There might honestly be traumas that are interlinked with your relationship with food that are causing you to overeat now. And so this stuff does get complicated. And I really want to invite you that if this is you, just shoot me a message on Instagram or on Facebook and just, you know, you can just share with me like, hey, you know, on the podcast where you talked about like habits and routines with eating from childhood potentially affected your relationship with food that really resonated with me. Can you chat this out with me a little bit more? And I'm more than happy to help you flush this out and just talk about it a little bit with you. Cause I think this really does come down to each individual person and really needed to work through these things on your own. And I think at the end of the day, you know, what's important about this one is you just have to normalize it. Meaning there's nothing wrong with you. If you have these beliefs or if you grow up this way, like, I mean, that's just, it, it that's just life. And sometimes there's hardships and challenges that, that come through it. But like you said, Vanessa, reaching out for help and really raising your hand and being like, hey, you know what? I don't know how to do this. Can you help? I think is step number one. And it's the, probably the biggest step to really help you navigate through this. Yeah. And overall, this topic as a whole can be a really complex topic and does often need just some outside help, outside perspective. We need to really zoom out, get outside of ourselves and have somebody help us flush this out. So regardless you know, of where you're at with this stuff, it does take time to work through be patient with yourself, but feel free to shoot me a message. I'm happy to really help with any of this stuff wherever I can, because at the end of the day, I want everybody to have a healthier relationship with food and not feel like they're stuck in this pattern of overeating. Yeah. And now if this podcast was helpful for you, I really also want to invite you to join our um, episode 100 giveaway. Couldn't come up with words there. (laughs) I want to invite you to join our episode 100 giveaway for a $250 Amazon gift card. 250 is a good bit of money. So yeah. So to enter that giveaway, all you have to do is go into Apple Podcasts give this podcast a rating and review a five-star raving review (laughs) whatever you honestly think for the rating and review and then screenshot it and message it to me on instagram at vanessa g fitness and that way we can mark you down and put you in the drawing for the gift card on episode 100 or on spotify i don't think they let you leave a review but as long as you can um rate it then screenshot it send vanessa a podcast or a, a screenshot of it and we'll put you into the giveaway and so far we have eight people that have done it. So your chances of winning this thing are still pretty high. So Heck do yeah. it. Um, and we will pick our uh, winner on the 100th episode, uh, pod- or I guess the podcast episode. on. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're struggling with words, you guys. I really am. But that is all for us this week. We will be back next week. Thank you so much for joining. See you guys. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens, talk to you in the next episode.